0: I honestly believe the number one factor if we can understand what happened at the cross that just positions us just a full understanding and the ongoing understanding of what the cross did for us and what I mean by the cross I mean Jesus birth, his life, his death his resurrection and ascension that's all part of it but the cross, what happened at the cross the cross positions us to receive his fullness the cross thank you, positions us to receive his fullness. That's what it does. Before you came to know the Lord, this is what the Bible says. I I'll just give it, I 1 Corinthians says, none of us were wise, not influential, not of noble birth, we were weak. Romans 5 says we were powerless and ungodly. Ephesians 2.1 says we were dead in our transgressions. Ephesians 2.12 says we were separated, we, ex- we were excluded the Bible says we were falling in the way of the world. Colossians 1.30 says we were under the dominion of darkness. Romans 6 says we were slaves to sin. Colossians 6 says we were dead in our sins and in the uncircumcisions of our heart. Romans 5 says we were without peace. 1 Peter says we had no inheritance. 1 Peter says we had an empty way of life. We had a futile, meaningless way of life. John says we were condemned. We were in darkness. We were dead. But the cross changed all that, people. You're alive. You're alive, you're with me. And the more we can understand the power of the cross, that's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but it is the power of God unto salvation whoever believes. Yeah. Gotta have the belief part. But it's the power of God. The cross is able to do what none of you and I could do, it's able to change you ongoingly and conform you to Christ in your own uniqueness your own personality you don't have to change your personality just be who God made you to be I can't be like James thank the Lord you know what I mean (laughs) James James is James (laughs) but his his wife loves him so it's fine (laughs) you with me just don't try and be like somebody else be you with your sense of humor and whatever, however God's wired you. But just allow your life to be used for his glory. So you, he can touch people I'll never be able to touch. He can minister to people I can't minister to. That's the beauty about the body. He has different giftings to me and I have different giftings to him. Hallelujah. So we encourage him in his giftings. You with me? That's what it's about. And allow the cross to do the work in us. And it's a daily. That's why Jesus said you've got to pick up the cross daily. It's surrendering to whether I want to go. The way Jesus wants me to go or the way I'm still a child of God or the, the passions in my heart that I'm, uh, and it pulls me that way. That's where the wall comes in. It's a daily choosing. How many of you wake up and you spring out of bed in the morning and say, can't wait to have my quiet time. <laughs> no he's a liar a lying spirit come out of you <laughs> you with me everything in your body just says no stay in bed it's cold out there you're with me so you've got to use your will that's all I'm trying to say so you keep positioning yourself you can't make it happen but you position yourself ongoingly for the glory of God to be revealed in and through you. So you've got to work. And you get on with what God's called you to get on with. If you're a businessman, you've got to give your attention to business. But just keep positioning yourself. Because even at work, God will use you for business. Don't take that one. Take that one. Hallelujah. you with me. We've so spiritualized it, and we think we've got to float in the air. I don't know what we think, but anyway. <laughs> oh, it's just very key. I encourage you, go read 1 Corinthians, particularly the first four chapters, and 2 Corinthians, particularly the first four chapters. For me, they're key. Because 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about the crucified Christ. He came to preach the crucified Christ. The crucified Christ. That means it's not the dead Christ, but all about his cru- the cross. I came to preach of the cross of Jesus Christ. And then 2 Corinthians, he talks about how it worked out in his life sometimes. Actually, I'll read it quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. One of my favorite chapters, 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this. Actually, chapter one. If we quickly go to chapter one. It says, "For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ." And so, through Him, the Amen is spoken by us. I never saw that until one day He preached it. The amen is spoken by us, not by Him, by us. So we agree with Him. Yes, I agree with you, Christ. I am a child of God. Amen. All right. Now it is God, God, who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. He put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. It's God who did it, people. Hallelujah. Amen. And in chapter 3, Paul says, are we beginning to commend ourselves? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation? In other words, Paul is saying, so when I came to you, do I need to get a letter of how many certificates I got and what I did here and what I did there so I've got to bring this letter to commend myself he said no I don't need that he said you are our letters written not with ink but with the spirit of God on the tablet of your heart so your life is a letter to Christ your life the work of what I preached and the work of Christ in your heart you are now a letter read by everybody that's what he's saying Because he says there, verse 6, He made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. We are ministers of the Spirit. We are called to be ministers of the Spirit. Not Not that we dictate to the Spirit what to do, but we surrender to His leading and His guiding. And so we become a letter for Christ. Amen. Church in the city, you're a letter. For Christ. That's what you are. Six one four, you're a letter for Christ. Because the Spirit of God has worked in you. And so you're a letter that can be read by others. (laughs) That's what Paul is saying. So we don't need all the titles and all that stuff. You're a letter. And then in chapter four it says, Since we have this since through God's mercy we have this ministry, don't lose heart. That he says in verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that it's all surpassing powers from God and not from us. And then he talks about that walk of faith. But we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. How many have been through a tough time somewhere in your life? Okay, I was going to say praise God, but I don't suppose I can say that. But God will take that and use it. To his glory. That's what he does. Devil means harm. God will use it for good. You but not crushed. Perplexed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted. But not abandoned. Struck down. But not destroyed. How many of you felt struck down at times? Yeah. But not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. What does that mean? We always carry around the dying to self in us. Permanently. We die. And as we die, he resurrects us. And as we die, he resurrects us. You with me? And the dying comes not because I hit myself on the back or like, you know what I mean? Dying comes because I make a choice to follow him. That's it. And everything in me screams the other way. <laughs> then it becomes a way of life and it becomes a lot easier as you begin to walk in it more and more. Carry on your body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in the body. Amazing, eh? For we are all alive, always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. That's why I say he needs an expression. So then, death is at work in you, but life, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So as I give myself to the Lord in surrender, I'm dying, and as I talk, life comes here. That's what he says. I'm dying, but I give life to others, because that's what happens. It says here. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Amen. So I'm encouraging you, if you're saying, God, I really want to be available, to be used of you, allow him to have his way. Allow him to have his way. It's a learning process, I understand that. It's a learning process. We don't always get it right, I understand that. But the heart's desire is, Lord, we want to learn. We want to learn. We want to willingly choose to submit and to surrender. That's it. So death is, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us up with Christ. And present us in his presence. Therefore do not lose heart. Outwardly you are wasting away. Trust me, I can feel it. (laughs) Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So while you fix your eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. But what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hallelujah. The song she sang on Sunday, sorry for those that are visiting. Can you remember it? One line. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Remember was such an anointing It's simple, but it was an anointing on it. And then the other words that came about is everlasting love. I'm encouraging you to allow the cross to do its work in you. Allow the cross to do it. It's not a popular message in America, but it's a real Jesus. It's a real, that's the gospel. Just allow the cross to do its work. Let him do it. Don't you do it. Let him do it. Amen. And then we we position ourselves to use. So just let me finish with this, this portion. The new birth positions us in the right place, but the baptism of the Spirit enables us. That's why we've got to talk on that tomorrow. The new birth forgives you, deals with all the law against you, it deals, makes you alive, but the baptism of the Spirit helps you walk it out to deal with temptation, to do what it's called you to do. Even while you're busy dying, he still works in you and through you. He does. You don't have to be perfect. Just be available. Amen. Amen. All right. Briefly on the kingdom, because it's key. What did Jesus come to preach? The kingdom. It was about the king and the kingdom. Mark 1, 14, I think it says, Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's close. It's by you. It's close. by. The kingdom of God is hand. It's right here. So the theme of the kingdom... I'm going to read my notes so I don't... is very important in scripture. The reason why we can believe... That we can heal... Or be used in healing... Because the kingdom of God is amongst us. The cross is part of it... But the kingdom is far bigger and broader. Are you with me? The cross is part of it... But the kingdom... The definition of the kingdom of God... Is the reign of God... Or the government of God. In the Bible... The kingdom of God is more dynamic. It's not a static thing. It's not static. It is the action of God's rule asserting his power over the powers of darkness. It's that action continually happening. Asserting his rule and dominion and life over the powers of darkness. Don't think of it as confined to a geographical area. So let me use James. So wherever James walks, he's in the kingdom and the kingdom's in him. So as he becomes conscious of it, wherever he walks, he can exert that kingdom over the powers of darkness in his sphere of influence. You with me? Because wherever he goes, the kingdom goes. <laughs> Amen. So the definition, as I said, of kingdom. I um, just want to see, I want to leave out something out. It is God invading our space by asserting his power over the works of darkness. And we live with works of darkness every day. The temptations, the sin, the weaknesses of people, the hurts, the fears, the sicknesses. We can see the manifestation of the dominion of Satan. The rule of Satan has this age under its control. This age has been under its control since the fall of Adam. And we know that till the coming of Jesus. Adam and Eve gave away the authority. And Satan took it, usurped it, hijacked it. And so he's influencing his domain over this earth. Adam and Eve and their offspring became slaves and servants of the earth. When Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, he said, Repent of your sin. The kingdom of God is at hand. This dynamic hope which we build our whole life on has now come. The kingdom has come, people. Yeah. I've come to invade darkness. I've come to take back what he's stolen. I've come to heal what is destroyed. I've come to put back together But the devil has annihilated. That's where the fight is at. That's what I've come to do. And my church is going to confront the powers of darkness. My church is going to invade darkness. And I'm giving my church authority to do it. And I'm giving them an anointing to do it. And he's saying, now go out and do it. That's what it's about. But who's doing it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's who's doing it. I don't know if it was a dream or something I read. This man was standing there, and he felt this this darkness coming towards him. And he was coming towards him, and and he he was just afraid. And then he looked behind, and Jesus was standing behind him. And he thought to himself, but why is he behind me? He should be in front of me. And the Lord said, just step back into me. And as he did that, the thing went. Amen. Nowhere in scripture, nowhere, not one single incident where you find that the dominion of darkness, anything to do with darkness, doesn't cower to the authority of Christ. No way. It challenges, but eventually it cowers. Gives way. Because Jesus came. He came to rule over sin. Your sins are forgiven. Remember the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven. So He can rule over sin. He came to rule over sickness. All forms of sickness. Jesus spoke to the sinner and to the sickness as if they were personalities. So He spoke to them. Jesus rules over the dominion of darkness or over demons. When demons saw Jesus, they screamed and they tried to hide in the corners. That's what they did. They ran. They screamed. They cowered. They ducked away. They recognized Him. They recognize you. They know who you are. They know. Amen. Don't be afraid. Be wise, that's all. (laughs) Don't focus there. Focus on the Lord. He came to rule over nature. And we can see that. He ruled over nature. And he came to rule over death. That's how the kingdom is coming. It's invading these areas. Ongoingly. Ongoingly. That's the domain, the rule of God. That's the joy. What is the kingdom of God? Joy, peace, and righteousness. So righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So I can restore. Sorry, James, I'm using. He gets saved. God says, son, you're in my kingdom. Let me restore right standing to you. Now you're right standing with me. Just like my son. You see, the son did the work. Jesus, the son, now God is looking for his sons and daughters to be manifest to do what his son did. So he's saying, my son, put the kingdom in you. You're right standing with me. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you joy. And I'm going to give you power. Amen. So the kingdom can advance. So the kingdom can come. Now we live in this tension where it's come, but it's not fully come. It's coming completely. It's, it's, yeah, but it's not consummated, if you understand what I'm saying. There's this tension that's overlapping of two kingdoms. The kingdom of God has come, but there's still evil all around. One day it's going to come completely when it comes back. But in the meantime, it's a spiritual reality of us pushing back darkness in people's lives, hearts, families, whatever, 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 whatever healing the hurts and the pains and the destruction and the rejection and the insecurities and whatever, all the work of the kingdom of darkness. And he's saying, I've come to heal it all. I've come to restore it all because the kingdom of God is at hand. Pray this, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I love it. And I know you spent a lot of time on the kingdom of God. All right. I don't want to go much more let me say this people for tomorrow The Holy Spirit is not a formula Or a method He's a person And so we've got a It's not a formula or a method There's no formula or method I'm not trying to teach you that I'm Trying to give you foundational truths But tomorrow we can look But it's not a formula or method I'd rather say look for this, look for that Be aware of it you, You've got to work it out yourself You've got to work it out yourself Otherwise, you're just going to tick a box. I did this, but nothing happened. (laughs) Now he's alive. He's living. Everything's changing all the time. He does differently in different ways. You with me? All right. Any questions? I preached a long time. Steve, anything you want to add? There's stuff you know. I'm just looking for my water. I'm sorry. Why don't you open this for me? Oh, yes, that guy that jumps up every morning and has a quiet time. Hallelujah.
1: You were talking about the kingdom of heaven, like, in you, right? Like, Christ is in you, you know what I mean? When you are, when James is walking around, like, they know you, you know, his name. i was just curious if you've had any, like, experiences, you know, like, what we see in the Bible where demons are like, I know you, I know Jesus, but I don't know you. You know what Do you know that passage? Where yes, like, yes, like, an X. So, but like, have you ever seen a, a situation where? I of those things have. I have. Yeah. Can you tell that story, too?
0: Um My wife knows more than I do because I get the story later.
1: When we were praying for somebody. Um, we had come with a team, and. Um, uh, A lady was, one of the ladies that was with us was praying for somebody who was manifesting a demonic thing. And um, she just wasn't getting breakthrough. And I went over to see what was happening. And um, I could see that breakthrough wasn't going to come that easily. So I went and called Ken. And as Ken came, this woman literally like scuttled backwards and screamed. And she shared with us afterwards that um, when Ken came to her, The thing in her said, this man is known, I've got to go. You see, Jesus in us is real. It's not about who Ken is. It's Christ in him, the hope and glory. It could have been you or I or anybody, but he knows his authority. As we know that authority, it's Christ in us. We don't know it, we don't manifest it. We don't walk with it because we just don't know. (laughs) But when you know it in you, Christ in us, that could have been anybody. It's not about Ken. It's Christ in us.
0: I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. No. No. In this particular area of deliverance, is just something God took us into. He taught us. We made many mistakes. I can spend days telling you about the mistakes we made. The failures, so-called failures. But God, I just hung in there and hung in there and hung in there and hung in there. And just started to read and learn and got on my knees and whatever. I knew in me like I know this gravity. I knew in me Christ has all authority and power. That was settled in me. I just didn't know how to exercise it in the right manner to bring about his kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I knew in me. I had no doubt whatsoever. Even when My life wasn't exactly what it should be, if you understand. Not that I was committing any sin, but I just knew it wasn't in the best place. Maybe I'd lost a little bit of my passion for the Lord. But that knowing in me never changed. It's never changed. Never changed. I hope that explains it to you. That's why I'm saying you've got to know it in you, folk. Deep inside you. Let it reverberate in you. Reverberating you. Reverberating you. Amen. Good man. Wonderful. Yeah. And depending how you're wired and how you're gifted, is to what God will really allow to reverberate inside you. Depending what He's going to gift you in. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, we, the Spirit chooses. We don't choose. And that's how Jesus operated. He just operated. He allowed the gifts to operate through him. That's why he had word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith that just operated through him. Well, because there was no blockage, he had no soul blockage like we have. It was a free flow. You with me? Yeah. The fullness of God was flowing through him permanently, 24 7. There was no blockage getting in our way. Unfortunately, still blockages sometimes are getting in our way. And so it comes out not quite pure sometimes. It comes out a little, uh, I wouldn't say muddied water, but it's not. You understand, the flow is not quite pure yet. But then we have moments where we see it pure. And yes, hallelujah. How many of you have had those moments? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can take on the world. And the next morning you think, oh, geez, no more can I take on the world. (laughs) It's just the reality of fighting the fight of faith. You with me? But go back to the foundation of what I taught you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus, you're in me. You are in me. <laughs> Even though I got pain in my body, you still in me. That never changes. Yes, young lady. Okay, so I have a question with regard to wanting God's will on the church. Yes, yes. Sense, well, you you know if God, yes. yes. so like, me, you seek okay. to no, know God deserves Yes. Okay. No, I understand you're what you Yes. Yes. Okay. When Jesus said, ask whatever you want and I give it to you, it means lining up with who he is and what he's done. All pertaining to who I am and what I'm doing. Go read the Amplified, that's what it actually says. Lining up to who I am and what I'm doing. You just can't ask him. Give me this, give me that. Does it line up with his character and his nature and who he is? That's why Jesus said, don't worry about what You eat or drink or that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Seek first your kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. All the stuff I'll give to you. I know you need that stuff. You with me? And so it's understanding what did Jesus do? So then you can pray with authority. That's why we need the word. So when I don't feel him as such, I can pray with the authority of the word. So for me, it would be, you came to destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means loosen. It's the same word where he said, whatever you loose on earth, be loosened in earth. Same word. You came to loosen people from the powers of darkness. You came to loosen them. Take them out from the influence and the dominion and the destructiveness of darkness and all that it pertains. I loosen you from that. You with me? He came to heal the sick. He came to preach the gospel. He came to preach the kingdom. So that you can, confidence, you don't even have to ask. You can just start praying. Because that's his will. You with me? And his will is that, sorry, this relationship is in the right place. Because he put them together. One became two became one. Okay. So he married up, so now it's great. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you uh, sorry you. Yeah. You with me? Because he's for marriage. He decided on marriage, not you and I. It was his idea. So you can pray with confidence. Lord, cement our marriage. With confidence. You know I mean? Confidence. That's what i mean. You can pray those things. And he will provide. So when you're struggling, you're saying, God, I trust you to provide. He said I must ask. I'm asking you for your provision. Because he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. So I hope that helps. That's why the more you can get this in you, wherever <laughs> it is, just it grounds us. And we don't become weird. Any other questions? Yes, young lady. I have a question about, because um, you said to, healing comes through the word. or Through, through the anointing. And I, I
1: have such a heart to see people healed, but I've had words given to me that I'll see them healed internally. And I've prayed for yes. many people to be yes. healed, and I've only seen a couple people yes. physically healed. Okay.
0: non Christian. Um but I remember
1: thinking, I know if he came to church, I know he, he needed a physical healing. Yeah. And I was like, I know you'd be healed, but it it just didn't seem like the moment for me to pray for my dad and but do you think like the gifts of healing, like what is the gifts of healing? Because I'm like maybe I told him like, I do know God can needs okay. to heal yeah. but I just haven't seen
0: it over okay. and over and over. Yeah, um when I talk healing, I talk emotional healing, mental healing. Physical healing, uh, relational healing, um, I encompass healing and all that, as well as physical healing. Um, So for me, healing encompasses all that, because God heals the whole person. He wants to heal the whole person, if you understand what I'm saying. And in terms of healing, physical healing, we have to get into the Word and get it grounded in us. I'm uh, fighting that fight of faith right now. I believe with all my heart in healing. But I know when it comes to deliverance, there's a greater authority in me than there is in healing. I'm not quite there yet. But it won't stop me praying. I'm just being brutally honest. You with me? But I had to fight that fight of faith for deliverance. It took me 15 to 18 years where I got established in it. I know without a doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever. Like I said, I know this. I have no doubt whatsoever. These demons have to listen to me. Never crosses my mind that they don't. And physical healing, I'm still fighting that fight. I know it's God's will. I know it's written in the Word, but I'm still fighting that fight. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just being honest and real. Won't stop me praying. I prayed for people. I've seen them healed. I've seen a lot of backs healed. Funny enough. I just have, you know, I struggle with the back. Interesting, Smith Wigglesworth, his daughter was deaf her whole life. Don't ask me why. But it was a man mightily used of God. Mightily used of God. And so I'm going to encourage you, never try and find a reason for why God doesn't do a healing. Because you'll get into wrong theology immediately. Don't try to explain God. Declare who He is. Just declare who He is. He's the Lord. Done. Finished. Over. Done. <laughs> he heals. Done. <laughs> he works me. Now I've got to fight that fight of faith in how it works through me. Steve's got to fight it how it works through him. He's got to fight how it works through him. I can't tell him how it works through him. I can tell him what the gift of faith is or the gift of healing is, but he's got to find it himself. In other words, he's got to find how the anointing works in him and through him. I can't do that. I can give you some principles and some helps and what to look for and be aware of, but you've got to find it yourself. You with me? You've got to get on your knees. You've got to seek the Lord. You've got to say, God, is this you talking to me, Lord? Give me a heart of compassion for this person. I can't give that to you, people. I know some people have been to Bethel, and I'm just using them because they're well known. They have fought a fight and paid a price we haven't paid. So don't expect to walk where they walked. We can learn from them, but we've got to fight our own battle. We want to piggyback off their fight over years and years and years and years and years and And all that Bill Johnson went through and all those guys went through and even with his dad and all that stuff he's paid a price you see you get the anointing for free but the outworking of it there's a price to grow in it the anointing is for free the baptism of spirit is a gift but to understand how it works and operate there's a price to pay there's a price to pay for that I always say, what price are you willing to pay? There's a price to pay. Now, that's not received well in America, but that's the Bible. That's what Paul said. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's what the whole scripture is. And also in other Corinthians, I was beaten so many times. I was shipwrecked, left to die, sick. Without sleep, that's the price he had to pay for what God called him to. So I pay the price that God's called me to pay for what he's called me to. She pays the price. What she needs to pay, for what God's called. I can't put it on you and you can't put it on me. Hallelujah. you with me. We can just help one another, encourage one another, and stand with one another. That's what it's about. And so when she prays for someone and they get healed, we all rejoice. Hallelujah. We have a victory together. We've destroyed something of the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. That's something to rejoice about. It's like you want to say, where? But anyway, you can't do that. You with me? Again, people that are in worship, don't copy somebody else. Find your style, your way. Don't copy anyone else. Find your style, your way, your, your uniqueness, your way and let the anointing use that and it will bless people out of their socks. Please. You're with me. Amen. I hope this is helpful. And so tomorrow we're going to look at some of the anointing, what it is, how it works, what we can look for, what we can be aware of. That's just to help us. But I can't pay the price for you. I can't pay the time on the knees. I can't pay some of the hard decisions you're going to have to make. You're going to have to make some decisions down the line. That's just a reality. I can't. They've made tough decisions to be in Chicago. Uh, There's another gentleman and his wife that lead a church here. They've made some sacrifices, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Amen. Most revelation that you receive will not come out of comfort. will come out of your tough times. Yes. Then you look back and you say, do I want to go through that again? No way. <laughs> but have I grown? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't pay somebody else's price. Don't try and be like somebody else. Be you. Be you. Just be you. And let God anoint you, your personality, and the way he works in you and through you. Hallelujah. Amen. And in business. doesn't mean it has to be in the church. Let it be in the street. God anoints businessmen. I stay with two doctors and I hope I don't embarrass them. Where are they? Oh, there they are there. Those two are anointed in the field that God has put them in. and God's going to increase that anointing on them. Who with me? But they where God wants them to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Good. Practice love, practice faith, practice meditation, practice generosity, and practice sharing the goodness of God. Those things will grow your spirit, man. Those are all spirit things. Practice faith, practice, practice, (laughs) practice, practice love. Practice love. Practice biblical meditation. Practice generosity. Be generous. And practice declaring or sharing who Christ is. Those things will just grow your spirit, man. Amen. hope this is helpful, people. You've all gone so quiet. My, my, my. Listening, oh, is it? Okay. God is good, eh? Hey? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's just, he is. I'll share a story and then we'll pray, if I can. And I've shared the story before, forgive me, because I cannot remember what I shared where. When we were in Cape, when we were in Durban, when we were in Johannesburg. (laughs) The last eight years for us in South Africa, we were in Johannesburg. It was probably the toughest years of my life. I'm just being honest, the toughest years. Up until that time, I'd only been in hospital once. In that eight years, I ended up in hospital, it must have been 20 times. My daughter had a blood transfusion. My kids wrote off five cars. My wife and I were counseling somebody, and she stood up to go and make them coffee, and she collapsed on a fall. A cyst on an ovary burst inside her. Um, my brother in law's wife died. And we had to help him through that. And we had to help him through his kids. Her mother was busy dying. It was a tough eight years. I often used to go and lie on the floor in a building similar to this. I used to put on a CD, because there was CDs in those days. A darling chick CD. I can't remember what it's called. Shout to the Lord. I just put on repeat. Played through and I went back. And I'd lie there, no word of a lie, four or five hours a day. Just weeping and weeping and weeping, but I never not stopped trusting in God. I just declared who he was, I poured out my soul to him, I declared who he was, I proclaimed his name, I'm just being honest. Something shifted in me in that time. My kids came through, we then got moved to America and things just fell into place for us. It's like I said, gee, this is easy. What are people moaning about?
1: <laughs>
0: but the price had been paid you with me it was at the end of that season it was a long season, a couple of years that I got invited to go and preach in a church and I've told you the story, Grant Crawford's church and he said just you just come and release the anointing so I was nervous eh? but incredible things happened and I realized it was coming out of that season that's where it came out of. Are you with me? It was so easy. It was unbelievably easy. I cannot explain to you how easy it was. It was so easy. It was like, this is so easy. That's what the anointing does. It's so easy. It's just, my, this is so easy. <laughs> because it's not you doing it it's God doing it he's just expressing it through he needs an expression through your body and you see things happen you think gee that was easy ma are you with me that's what the anointing does now, you get the baptism it's a gift it is a price to pay for the outworking of it Jesus got baptized with the Holy Spirit where is the first place the Spirit led him into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and then the Bible says it came out in the power of the spirit huge truth right there that we just skip over that's what the Bible said he learned obedience through suffering (coughs) amen Christ in you the hope of glory I so long for the breaking in of the kingdom I so long For the name of Jesus to be seen for who he truly is. For he truly is this incredible king. Incredible king. This full of love, but incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. The world needs to see that Jesus. That's what the world needs to see, that Jesus. You with me? Yeah. Paul, John fell as if dead. Jesus he used to John used to put his head on Jesus' chest when they walked on earth. That's how close they were. Yet when he saw Christ and he's resurrected, he said he fell as if dead before him. Revelation. That's who's inside you. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you stand please? Heavenly Father, I thank you first and foremost for every person that has come tonight. They're not here by accident. Lord, our first prayer is that we would see the resurrected Jesus Christ. That we would see the resurrected Jesus Christ. I pray for that, Lord. I pray for that for all of us. That we would know that that resurrected Jesus Christ lives within us. That you would open up the eyes of our heart. That you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we would know the hope to which you have called us. The glorious, glorious inheritance in the saints and we would know the incomparable great power that is within us that same power you exerted when you raised christ jesus from the dead father i pray and i ask you for that we all do i thank you jesus you live within us i thank you that it's christ in me and christ in your people the hope of glory the anticipation of the outworking of glory through signs, wonders, and miracles. Thank you.